Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and this time I'll be talking about why does everybody want to quit? The great resignation of 2021. There is so much confusion and differing information coming from multiple perspectives that it is overwhelming to many people. One poll from Artisan Talent said 70% of followers to their LinkedIn page want to quit in some form. Another poll from Business Insider said 95% want to quit. Nothing new except for the strata. Anyone who is a desk jockey or above is now feeling owies. Their feelings are hurt. Take this job and shove it. That was a long time ago, not like 2016 or anything recent, but from 1977. Working 9 to 5 was from 1980. But that wasn't about precious people. It was about the help. Winners never quit and quitters never win. But they do now, do they? A job well done is its own reward. Unless the job sucks and nobody gives you a gold star. Hmm... I think of Norma Ray. She just wanted decent conditions to do her thankless job. And I think of boomers being unproductive and affording everything. Ugh. Greatest generation guys and then early boomers were comparably, incredibly unproductive and afforded everything. I remember that there were these old Spiro Agnew looking guys at Friendly Frost a local appliance retailer when it was a big deal to purchase appliances for your home. All proud veterans who would not stand for disrespect. Big pot bellies and graying hair combed straight back, drew carry eyeglasses, short sleeve shirts and neckties, who would become enraged at the merest slights to their pride. And how productive were these guys who owned homes and sent kids to college and had cars and pensions? They sold appliances in the 50s and 60s. By the time I got to annoy them, it was the late 60s, early 70s, and I would ride my bike in front of the store and be an obnoxious little pain in the ass. Imagine believing today that you can make enough to own a house, a car, afford college tuition for your kids, and retire by taking ups at a PC Richard? Really? I keep on hearing anecdotal stories of workloads doubling, tripling, no recognition, no title changes, no pay raises, no promotions, burnout. That was long before the pandemic. I heard this daily over five years ago, and now I hear of stress being brought about due to the disintegration of 9 to 5, Zoom fatigue, expectation that workers are on call 24-7 because they aren't in an office every day. Every time anyone on a global team meets a deliverable, everyone is expected to drop whatever they are doing and join a meeting at any time, any day. White collar, blue collar, in some ways those differences have sort of gone away. Now to the subject of workplace culture as hell. Work as Hell by Matt Groening was first published in 1985. Again, nothing new, just new to the present generation. And don't forget how many of us have 
and have had harbored the lottery fantasy because our jobs suck. I worked in a place I refer to as the seventh level of hell. I won't name it, but trust me, it was the worst, most evil, insidious, soul-crushing experience I have ever witnessed and experienced. It was sickening. It still makes me sick to even think of it. It was bad enough for me, but so very many of my colleagues were stuck in a hellish, underpaying, overworking, demeaning, degrading job that they clung to because they desperately needed it out of circumstance, and the overlords knew it and exploited all of their fears and anxieties and compounded it every day to tighten their venal, cruel grip over these decent people who were stuck in hell. It was hell on earth. So now I see things like, I quit. Workers change jobs at a record pace amid burnout. New openings and higher pay. Uh-huh. Paul Davidson in USA Today wrote on Monday, July 26th, Job openings and quits hit records recently. Is growth fading? Is the economy's big comeback starting to fade? Not so chill at the beach. Americans return to beach towns. Restaurants and stores struggle with shortages. Now, wait a second here. As someone who has worked in all aspects of restaurants, I can assert quite confidently that almost every service position is a job of attrition. Unless you have experienced it firsthand, you just cannot grasp the level of abuse people in service endure. No matter how well they are paid, it is a very obvious, sick aspect of our culture, and we have instilled the idea that we can be abusive to service staff everywhere. It is horrifying, but like racism, anti-Semitism, sexism, and homophobia, both of which are built-in aspects of restaurant culture, so very, very many people are blinded to this. They just cannot see it even as they do it. They are in denial. It has been removed from their field of vision, and they just cannot accept that it is real, but it is. Now back to the article. The easing pandemic and reopening economy set off an unprecedented reshuffling of the U.S. workforce. Americans are quitting jobs in record numbers, typically to take another position. They're on the move chiefly to make the most of a historic burst of job openings, often at higher wages, according to a survey by Jobless for USA Today. Many change jobs because they're burnt out after working so hard during the pandemic or finally beginning job searches they put off during the health crisis, according to results of the survey by Joblist, which provides online tools to job seekers. Many make the leap to an industry less vulnerable to the vagaries of the economy or more aligned with their dreams and family-focused lifestyles, according to the Joblist survey and other data. Many white-collar employees prefer to work from home permanently after doing so during the pandemic, a dynamic that's likely to spark another job-switching frenzy this fall as some businesses require employees to return to the office, experts say. After hunkering down at their jobs because of the shaky economy, people are starting to come back and apply for new positions, says Karen Kimbrough, chief economist for LinkedIn. The trend, she says, signifies a very healthy labor market and should lead to a more productive economy that matches the right person with the right job. Again, 4 million say, I quit. A record 4 million workers quit jobs in May, Labor Department figures show. The number fell to 3.6 million in June, 
but that's still a historically elevated figure. Last month, the number of people voluntarily leaving jobs increased by a record 164,000, according to the June jobs report. The main driver, opportunity. It's a sign of how strong the demand for workers is, says Nick Bunker, chief economist of job posting site Indeed. About 35% of workers over the past year, according to the job list USA Today survey of 1,011 workers conducted July 19th and 20th, workers typically quit a job to take another, but some may leave to start their own businesses, freelance, or take a few months off, says Julia Pollack, chief economist of ZipRecruiter, the online jobs marketplace. About 63% of those planning to change jobs in the next six months cite the abundance of openings, many at higher pay, amid a resurgent economy set to produce the fastest growth in decades, the jobless survey shows. There were a record 9.2 million openings in May, Labor Department figures show, in June. Average wages surged 7.1% annually in leisure and hospitality, which includes restaurants and hotels, and 6.2% in retail. But this time it's different. My first instinct, right or wrong, says that everybody with a cushion wants to quit their job. I would bet that an awful lot of people who've had their life circumstances thrust upon them and have had to cope and struggle are more than capable and willing to step into the shoes of those higher paying positions the stressed out special people are itching to leave. But that is mere supposition on my part. I just have a long history of being around people who fail up due to privilege and presume that they are far too special to be burdened with the menial mundane tasks that are integral to their current roles. I am being facetious because I know an awful lot of people who are stressed out from their jobs. People who have had an entire other role piled right on top of what they were hired for and have been blindsided with their new level of responsibility and scope of work. But look out. The single mom who had to raise a kid or two and stay late and do all of the mom stuff and pay all of the bills and learn all of the workplace cultural parlance will not hesitate to take on the job. She's got it. So if you think you are too good for your job, then leave, please. A loyal, committed, professional, hardworking, drama-free adult is better for productivity, business goals, morale, and culture than anyone who is not willing to do more than play ping pong and attend team outings. Again, facetious. And I just dislike people who will tell you to do what you love. Find your calling, blah, blah, blah. Life happens too hard to most people who have just enough inside of them to barely keep up with the demands of staying alive. Remember that song? When was the last time you heard it? Sometime today? Staying alive? They're just human. Now, we have ambitious, educated, focused people who would like to work who are feeling overwhelmed. Oh. But that's not even the worst part. The worst part to me is the ageism. People over 40, I have a hard time accepting this, 40 is now old in the workplace. Come on now. From CNBC, Gen X workers may be facing the biggest unemployment crisis study finds. This was published on July 25th, written by Karen Gilchrist. Gen X workers aged 45 and older may be bearing the brunt of a global unemployment crisis as the pandemic adds to existing challenges for older workers, according to a new report. Rapid digital adoption during the pandemic has accelerated the automation of jobs and worsened underlying ageism, making it harder for mid-career folks to secure roles, according 
to the report from Generation, a nonprofit employment organization. In a global study entitled Meeting the World's Mid-Career Challenge, the firm found that entry-level and intermediate workers between the age of 45 and 60 faced increased barriers due to biases among hiring managers, as well as reluctance among workers to learn new skills. Generation CEO said the report had, for the first time, put a number on ageism. It's very clear that once you reach a certain age, it just becomes much harder to access a job opportunity. Dr. Mona Morshed, I'm going to cite her twice in this pod. She's the CEO of Generation, and she said this. This is a demographic that is absolutely in need, and it is very clear that once you reach a certain age, it just becomes much harder to access a job opportunity. That's what she told CNBC. Ageist misconceptions prevail. The study, which was conducted between March and May 2021, surveyed 3,800 employed and unemployed people from 18 to 60 years old and 1,404 hiring managers across seven countries, despite the varied international jobs landscape from the U.S. to the U.K. and India to Italy, the findings were broadly the same. 45 to 60-year-olds are the most overlooked employee bracket. Indeed, for the past six years, mid-career individuals have made up a consistently high percentage of the long-term unemployed. Most notably, the research found that hiring managers across the board considered those who are 45 years old and above to be the worst cohort in terms of application readiness, fitness, and previous experience. Among their top concerns were a perceived reluctance among older workers to try new technologies. Like, you know, learning how to be a podcaster. 38%. An inability to learn new skills. 27%. And difficulty in working with other generations. 21%. It comes in spite of evidence that older workers often outperform their younger peers. Indeed, almost 9 in 10, 87% of hiring managers said their hires who are 45 years and above have been as good or better than younger employees. Morshed said the findings highlight underlying biases at play in the workplace. It is often the case that like identifies with like when it comes to isms, she said. For instance, she explained, there is a tendency among hiring managers to opt for hires in their age group. Meanwhile, CV-based interviews can make it hard for candidates to demonstrate their skills, she added. Now, the point is re-engaging a lost workforce. Training could provide one solution to the issue. Still, the report also highlighted a reluctance to pursue training amongst job seekers who are 45 years and above. More than half, 57%, of entry-level and intermediate-level job seekers expressed a resistance to reskilling, while just 1% said training increased their confidence when looking for work. Often, that is due to negative experiences of education, conflicting personal duties, and lack of available programs and financial support for mid-career workers, said Morshed. Given that it is 2021, intergenerational workforces must be a reality. 
However, she insisted that training can provide real benefits. In the study, almost three-quarters, 73%, of career changers aged 45-plus said that attending training helped them secure new positions. It is one of several solutions put forward by Morshed as companies and governments grapple with workplace shortages. Other solutions she outlined include linking training programs directly to employment opportunities and providing stipends to support workers who are 45 years and above who are hesitant to engage in training, changing hiring practices to reduce potential age biases and better assess the potential of age 45-plus job candidates by using demonstration-based exercises, rethinking current employer training approaches to make it easier to fill new roles with existing employees who are 45 years old and above versus relying on new hires, improving employment data on a national level to help government organizations address the unique challenges of specific age groups. Given that it is 2021, intergenerational workforces must be a reality that every company seeks to put in place, said Morshed. And then something just so insultingly superficial from LinkedIn. A fresh start for older workers. The pandemic has prompted many workers to leave their jobs in what has been dubbed the big quit or great resignation. In reevaluating their priorities, many have decided to pursue their own ventures, but it's older entrepreneurs that actually have the assets and knowledge base to make it work writes Next Avenue's Chris Farrell, and as the economy begins to recover, it is an opportune time for older workers to make late career shifts or start their own businesses. Just like that. One, two, three, done, right? Also from LinkedIn, should I stay or should I quit? As the great resignation continues, how can you be sure it's the right time to quit your job? Anthony Klotz, a management professor at Texas A&M University who studies resignations, tells the Wall Street Journal that most of the workforce is currently experiencing turnover shocks. As changes in our lives and jobs prompt us to reassess our careers, and before deciding to resign from your position, it's advised to act slowly and think carefully before making a move. Consider whether alternatives to quitting may be preferable, such as a change in responsibilities or a leave of absence. (laughs) Think about how it may affect your ability to secure your next role. Uh, Then there's how to handle an employee exodus from LinkedIn. For many workers, the pandemic was a wake-up call about their career and life priorities. Millions have chosen to make a change with record numbers of professionals quitting their jobs and employers struggling to hire. Companies are offering raises, bonuses, and even vacations to hang on to their staff. But Harvard Business School's Sandra Sucher and Shalene Gupta argue that employers should take a different approach. Instead of clinging to workers, oh yeah, (laughs) companies should focus on being a great employer to be from. That entails giving employees the time and resources to develop new skills, recognizing the good work they have done, and paving a path to a happy exit. There's no such thing as the two and out in this world these people live in. Putting the energy into being a great employer will make it easier to hire new, eager replacements when your employee decides it's time to go. What solid advice. And again, I'm going back and I'm citing from the same study because it bears reiteration and repetition. 
from Meeting the World's Mid-Career Moment, July 2021, by Dr. Mona Morshed, with Ali Jaffer, Helen Cashman, Karen Salazar-Ruiz, and Jennifer Sykes. From Every Moment is a Crossroads. Every Moment is a Crossroads. But the diverging paths ahead are especially stark for older, mid-career workers. They make up the bulk of the long-term unemployed in many countries, and they face growing barriers to finding good jobs. If we choose to recognize the talents of this group and help them adapt to workplace disruptions, we can prosper together. But if we stick with the status quo, a bad situation will only get worse. That is the key takeaway from a global survey, the first of its kind, commissioned by our nonprofit organization, Generation, to provide an in-depth view of individuals aged 45 to 60 who are seeking or working in entry-level and intermediate roles. Generation was founded to tackle youth unemployment and has so far placed more than 43,000 young adults in careers. But we recently expanded our programs to help meet the unique adaptation challenges faced by mid-career individuals. We quickly discovered that, while various organizations had examined pieces of this puzzle, no one had taken a comprehensive view. Yeah, no kidding. Our new survey fills that gap. It spans seven countries and includes unemployed mid-career individuals, unemployed young adults, those mid-career individuals who have successfully switched careers, and the employers who do or don't hire them. The key insight from our research presented in this report is that mid-career individuals across the world are finding it harder to get jobs, despite rising calls to address inequality and advance social justice. Our data confirm and quantify the dark anecdotal story captured in today's headlines. People aged 45 plus face persistent and rising pressure in the global job market. They are unemployed for much longer than the median, and their age is indeed one of the greatest barriers to their finding a job. Those from underrepresented communities face even greater barriers. They engage in 53% more interviews to get a job offer. Our research also confirms that hiring managers have a strong perception bias against 45-plus job candidates. They believe that members of this age cohort have poor skills and low adaptability. No kidding. Other findings point to deepening problems ahead. One warning light. People age 45 plus who did manage to switch careers successfully express high dissatisfaction with the quality of their entry-level jobs, even as employers, especially in the booming tech sector, keep raising the qualification bar on those very jobs. Another, the 45 plus individuals who need training the most to get a job are the most hesitant to pursue it. By contrast, 45-plus individuals who have successfully switched professions believe that training has been central to their ability to do so, and employers concur. Happily, one key insight that leaps out from our survey is hugely positive. Yes, hiring managers express bias against 45-plus individuals, but those very same employers also acknowledge that once they hire people over 45, those workers perform on the job just as well or even better than their peers who are a decade younger. Yep, over 40 and you are a relic that nobody wants. Jobs everywhere, but 
If you have laugh lines, you can't get one. I'm pissed off. I am beyond sick of lending credence to all of this contradictory crapola. At least keep your lies in a straight line, HR. You're playing every side from every angle to cover your bases and attempt to limit your liability. We know. We know the young person you have assigned to review these resumes just tosses anybody who isn't in their age demographic. We know. It is not really believable to anyone out there who's looking for a job that there's no bias. It will happen to you, too. I know it will. I only know a scant few people who have made it to retirement on their own terms. I cannot fathom how any sane person can divine a rational line of thought based on all this. People quit jobs because the culture was awful before the pandemic. The pandemic just exacerbated the issues and drove it home. We need to fix it. And the likelihood of that happening in my lifetime is like winning every different lottery jackpot every day for a solid month. Ha! And some people are convinced from the material that they read that we are living in an AI automation world. I can tell you personally, the -the on-the-ground, hands-on humans still performing manual labor are very much in force and they are not all tech-savvy cyborgs. Many people deal with very human error made by very presumptuous, hands-off people all day, every day. The people who do deal with that human error can actually do things that are not on an app that may malfunction or crash and may not even address a need. There isn't always an app for that. Not yet, anyway. Thanks for listening. See you next time, and as the kitties say, peace out.